Do you like to be the first name of your sex tape? Well, if you like to be the first to listen to podcasts, you might want to check out our Patreon because now we're offering a brand new membership tier called Name of Your Sex Tape. I couldn't help it, guys. I'm sorry. For five pounds a month, you'll get an ad-free version of our weekly episode on a Tuesday, a full day earlier than its usual release. So you can be the very first to talk about how funny our guest was, how quickly you cracked the case, or how badly I answered a question. Plus, you'll get all the benefits of our regular tier, including our live Zoom records, a special shout out on the podcast, and if you really like to hear us talk, we've got an entire back catalog of extra content. Check it out on patreon.com forward slash drunk women solving crime. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Name of your sex tape. Fancy coming along to see Drunk Women Solving Crime live? Ooh, yes please. Why not join us for our monthly London residency at the marvellous Museum of Comedy? We've got monthly shows through to June. Plus, every show is a double header, so you get to see us record not one, but two episodes with two fantastic guests. You can find tickets on our website, drunkwomensolvingcrime.com. Shows are selling out fast, so be quick. Noise. Noise. If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. to hear. Welcome to Drunk Women Solving Crime. I'm Hannah George. I'm, of course, not drinking tonight for obvious reasons. Um, I'm super hungover, so... Um, Edinburgh's wild. I'm having a little girl, which is very exciting and means that I'm going to save 17% on pocket money. So that's... Um, that's good, isn't it? That is good. Um, Allowance gap. <laughs> I should introduce my fellow detective. First up, we have Taylor Glenn. Hello. Oh, very hesitant round of applause. Thank you. <laughs> Don't worry, I'm the only American. <laughs> it's, it's more than enough, isn't it? It is great to see all of your beautiful faces. Thank you so much for coming out on a Sunday, the day of our Lord. Um, <laughs> it's a great day to solve historical crime. I feel like I should tell you fun facts. I am my mother's second favorite person on the podcast. <laughs> Hannah is her favorite. She's only human, let's, uh, let's face it. And it started as a really funny joke, and now it's just really hurt my self-esteem. I'll give you an example. I texted her this morning, and there's a slight humble brag in the story. We had a nice mention in The Observer this morning. Thank you. Um, I don't know whether that was patronizing or supportive, but I'll take it. Like I mean, it's it. very similar to my mother's response. So I sent her the, sent her the link and was like, look, look, we got we to gotta mention. She went, oh, how's Hannah feeling? <laughs> I have a 10-year-old child. One year they had to make Christmas cards for their families. We saved ours till Christmas morning to open it up, and I saw, dearest Hannah, <laughs> hope you have a splendid Christmas and a happy new year. Your whole family is obsessed with me. I oh. love it. And now a family who hates me, it's, um, <laughs> it's, it's Katie Wilkins! It's me, hello! Hi, I've 
haven't fallen out with either of your families or particularly impressed them. So (laughs) I'm pretty neutral. (laughs) Excellent Switzerland over there. (laughs) Ladies and gentlemen, will you please put your hands together for our brilliant guest this evening? It's Clive Anderson! There you are, sir. Thank you very much. I'm very dubious about drinking while also <laughs> recording. Years ago, I did a Radio 4 series called The Cabaret Upstairs, and I was doing stand-up comedy at the time in a place like the Comedy Store, and it, you always had a drink. Well, and then we started doing it on the radio, and when I heard it back, I could hear the fact that I'd had too much to drink. So I, I vowed never to drink and be recorded ever again. Oh, no. Until, until now. Until now. <laughs> oh, so, oh this is exciting. Yes. Yeah. We'd have fun and ruin careers, so let's... <laughs> I'm joking. It's going to be. It's going to be fine. You're in very safe hands, uh, Clive. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> we have one question on this podcast. Yes. And that's: Have you ever been the victim of a crime? Well, I've a couple of times, but uh, recently, a couple, <laughs> a couple of years ago, it must be now. I had my my pocket picked. And when it's a proper, you know, and it was... Wait, how old are you? That seems very Victorian. (laughs) This was was two years ago. And it it was my my mobile phone, my my, my iPhone. Oh, no. So it was after sort of COVID. I hadn't been out for a while, uh, you know, going to things like to Pret-a-Manger and uh, (laughs) getting some money out of the bank and everything. So I did that and I sat down outside to to deal with my phone. And somebody must have been watching me. And I bought my, you know, stuff in Pret-a-Manger, which is like I hadn't been there for 18 months. It was so exciting. (laughs) what did you get? What did you get? Oh, it doesn't matter what I got. Does it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, That's the least does. important detail. No, I'm like, was it and then I couldn't, I couldn't pay for it. And I said, oh, oh my phone's been nicked. And they said, oh, oh don't mind. We don't mind. We understand. You can just have... No, I've got to go home. And so I dashed home and I could see where it was. You could find your iPhone. Oh, yeah, I told the phone. police where it was. Oh. And they did a full investigation lasting three days. And they couldn't find it. <gasps> Unbelievably. And it was... A, I, and I, I worked out where it is. There's a junction of two roads. There's a phone shop there. So I, <laughs> and I told them within 20 minutes... But that's not a really exciting crime, is it? Uh, I mean, you uh, solved it yourself. I yeah. solved it. I didn't get my phone back. In consequence, I now tie my phone to me. Do you? I've got a little thing. <laughs> wow. I've For got the thing. listeners. Now, I've got a thing. You get a sort of lanyard, and it attacks to the phone. <laughs> So you can get it on the internet, but but ironically, I've lost the lanyard. Can I tell another story? Sure, just slightly more exciting. Yeah. Uh, when I was young, this is a long while ago, I was on a tube train in London, but it went out in the middle of the countryside, and we got attacked. Me and my group of friends got attacked, but I wasn't aware they were attacking us. Um, uh, so I was talking to my girlfriend, and there was a sort of rowdy people and smashing things up. And this is interesting, the psychology of me or anybody else, I think. As I turned around, I realized they were attacking friends of mine. Before I... I made a decision. I was up there, ready to join in. Yeah. Oh, and I thought, because I'm not a violent person, or but but by the time I got there, I thought, oh, what do I do? We're not going <laughs> to win this fight. And I actually pulled the communication cord to prevent, which is the most hey. exciting thing to have done, isn't it? <laughs> And then, of course, they then surrounded me, and I thought, well, it's actually a, you know, this is a dodgy thing to have done. And I was, <laughs> I was saved by a, a rather enraged middle-aged man who came to attack me for disrupting his journey home. Oh, my God! Night. So, and so we were then locked in with the attacking crowd and the wow. enraged man, and I became the villain of the piece for a while. <laughs> but uh, wow. So is that victim of crime? I was scarcely a victim of crime. My what? friends were, and I intervened, yeah. albeit in a rather wimpish way, to stop the train. Oh, I think that's yeah. a fantastic fantastic story yeah. Yeah. yeah and that was a sound plan why is that thing there if to be fair i was thinking yeah you pull the cord and i guess someone comes and helps you like i didn't oh, think oh they, they don't just stopped the train they locked the doors and uh, wow. we, we, we were there locked in with the opposite of a solution why why didn't because i <laughs> that was like a medical thing like if someone ha- you know has a heart mm-hmm. attack or something That's an umbil- umbilical cord that is this is a communication <laughs> cord they're two different things oh. you- you'll discover this I uh, can't imagine <laughs> <laughs> pull the communication cord no leave her alone does no. it make okay. does it actually make a noise I've always wondered if it's like like a silent no alarm. no it was a screech of brakes I think oh, oh, okay. oh, oh yeah. wow 
Yeah, it was That's an quite exciting. So I think it's, it's, it's a claim to fame, sort of, isn't it? To have pulled a communication. <laughs> yeah, really. Slightly is. off topic is here. Is that I on think, your bucket the, list? Yeah. <laughs> I did it in the a toilet. You know, you have the, the button that's if you're on a train toilet and it says if you're in trouble. And I was in trouble in the sense that I sort of slipped and then my elbow went into it. And then the train stopped. Oh, no. Um, but what's good about that is no one knew it was me because I'd locked myself in and it wasn't coming out. <laughs> <laughs> but then the train driver said, Is everything all right? <laughs> um, I don't know why he sounded like that. Wow. Um, and I said, I'm so sorry, I did it with my elbow. And he went, no worries, love. And then just the train <laughs> went on. Wow. Oh. I thought I was going to be in trouble. I thought I'd like get fined £200. Yeah, penalty or something. Yeah. 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 You're just too adorable. <laughs> what? You need to... I guess that's why my mom loves you so much. <laughs> did anyone come and help? Uh, eventually, yeah, because they came to lock the doors. When we, and then we were t- uh, taken slowly to the next station where the police were, c- were called, but the guys just ran away. So, so they... no crime was solved there. We were a victim oh. of crime, but nothing was solved. It was, it was strong to intervene, but I think rather weak to pull the communication cord rather than just say, get off him, get off my friend, I'll sort you. I was a, a puller rather than a fighter. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to us yeah. all. <laughs> How soon was it between you like leaping up to your, for your friend's honour and going... Uh, I, I, well, I did hesitate. I thought, oh, should I do that? And I sort of uh, looked around the, the carriage and if filmed, I wouldn't have looked particularly heroic. Uh, <laughs> and to the people who were trying, it was the last train back from Amersham or somewhere, right out on the edge of London. I was the villain of the piece for a while. I looked like just one of the yobs um, okay. pulling, you know, misbehaving. Oh. Young the, people, eh? <laughs> the question, the other question we ask in this podcast oh. is what would you say to that person now? So what would you say to the people that started that fight? Oh, I, I said that was a bit silly, wasn't it? Uh, yeah, we, we could all have been friends. We were just back from seeing a play, uh, the Caucasian Chalk Circle. We could have discussed that. <laughs> that is the most middle-class reaction. <laughs> exactly. We that, never had. Yeah. And talking about your mother's reaction, thing, you, you find this hard to believe at the time, but I had a lot of hair at the time, long hair. And my mother's comment was, well, if you hadn't you'd got such long hair, perhaps they wouldn't have attacked you. Wow. So I think that's, that's victim-blaming. That is victim-blaming. Yeah. 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 My luscious long, but it wasn't me. They weren't attacking me. They were attacking my friends, who also had long hair. But sure, sure, <laughs> sure, sure. Guilt by association. Wow, yeah. you got a little taste of victim blaming there. Yeah, you go. yeah. yeah. <laughs> attacked for my luscious hair, which <laughs> is a happy memory for me now. <laughs> <laughs> well, now we've all got that image in our heads. Um, are we ready to solve some true crime? Yeah. <gasps> okay, so tonight we start our case in 1874. Okay. We're on the platform. Apologies if anyone has been personally affected by this crime. <laughs> Oh, this might also be triggering for you, Clive, because well, we're all... I might have been there in 1875. <laughs> oh, God. How, how cruel. <laughs> I was born three years after that. <laughs> it's because we're on the platform of a train station. Oh, my, really? Oh, wow. Yes. Uh-oh. I swear we don't set this up. It no. always looks like we have. <laughs> the, the world is crazy. Yeah. We're in Church Stretton in Shropshire. Okay, lovely. Do you, do you know it? No, no, but I'm, I'm admiring your ability to say it, uh, <laughs> considering you're supposed to be drunk or, <laughs> or, or pregnant or both. <laughs> the two often run along together. <laughs> it's certainly how I got in this mess. <laughs> <laughs> so there stands a local woman, 28-year-old dressmaker, Sarah Duckett. She says hello to the station master and strolls off through the town towards the countryside. And that is the last time anyone ever saw her. Oh, dear. (laughs) You're quite right. Say that out loud. (laughs) I mean, so I've given you a small amount of information there. So just the big question at the start of all this, what crime might we be talking about today? What do we think could have happened to Sarah Duckett in Shropshire? So she's completely disappeared. We never hear from her again? Never hear from her again. We just know that she was on a train platform in Shropshire, walks away, and that's it. Yeah. Is she from Shropshire? Sarah Duckett. She is from the town. That's her hometown. So do we know where she'd been before she came back and disappeared? She'd been to see the Caucasian Chalk Circle. No. (laughs) That's too much to believe. Sarah Duckett disappeared. Sarah Duckett. That is just begging for Um, a limerick. Yeah, she's a different... Who who saw her get off the train? Uh, The station master. She also had two boxes Ah, that ah. she left on the train station. Oh, 
but I admitted that because I could not find anywhere what was in them, and I was like, that's super boring. So <laughs> yeah, <laughs> but to happy? leave something behind. Sorry, no, sorry. No, 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 no please. Female workplace. <laughs> <laughs> No, no, you. I'd like you to say what you wanted to say. Yours is going to be better. Please, go. No, no, it's not, because I feel... <laughs> this is, this is man-spreading or something, isn't it? I <laughs> For the listeners, he has his legs crossed like such a yeah. gentleman as well. <laughs> it's great. I've long... Anyway. Ah, there he goes. What time of day or night was this? There we go. Don't worry, I've long since forgotten what I was going to say. Oh, oh no, your phone don't... fell out, but I it's know, still but, tethered. But oh. it's safe. It's safe. <laughs> it's safe. <laughs> it really is a bit like your own umbilical cord. <laughs> Come on, baby. <laughs> I still want to bite through it. I'm sure that's that's not... <laughs> I'm pretty sure also that's not what you do with an umbilical cord. Like You're not climbing it like Indiana Jones, are you? No. It isn't an umbilical cord. This is why... <laughs> Oh, okay. Well, so, so what's the answer? To Night the or day? What, what day or what time of day was it? It was daytime. Question. So it was afternoon. Right. Broad daylight. Yeah, broad daylight. Did she have a secret lover? Ooh. So she had set it up like she was just doing her regular commute as a dressmaker would, the old dressmaker commute. Uh, <laughs> left the boxes behind, but she goes to meet him and she runs away to America. Ooh, okay. So Ooh. she's a slut. Um, <laughs> No, that's good. Yeah, I was wondering if she's like faking her own death like that canoe bloke. Oh, yes. <laughs> oh, interesting. Yes. To get the insurance money. Or just to, to start a new life. Maybe she's running away from something. Or yes, in fact, I'm updating this. Yes, insurance money. <laughs> <laughs> or So, Clive, any advance on canoe or slut? Probably a question you didn't think you'd be asked tonight. Canoe or slut? <laughs> you choose. Well, <laughs> I'm not a big fan of canoeing. Uh, uh, if I'm going to be given an oar, I will... Uh, anyway, never mind. So... Let's concentrate on this case. This is yes. a specific yeah. I'm worried okay. that we don't know what's in this box. And you've invented the idea of a, a commute for dressmaking. <laughs> yeah. Dressmaking normally happens locally, I would have thought. So. <laughs> yeah, quite. Yeah. Yeah. So, Not if there's a delivery service. Yeah. Oh, okay. So do we know where the, she had come from? Did no, you... she hadn't been home for a while, though. She had been away for several months. Uh-huh. She comes home. People see her at the train station. They see her walk through town. She goes out to the countryside. She's never seen again. All right. So, well, the first thing to suspect that she might have been just waylaid and murdered and her body <laughs> chopped up and uh, you know, something hideous like that. Okay. Yeah. I mean, a that's sh- the hope. <laughs> <laughs> also, I love you go from waylaid straight to murdered. <laughs> well, since she's never seen again, there's yeah. got to be something. I, obvi- all of our minds went there, sure. Sure, yeah. yeah exactly. The, yeah. So well, let me I tell want you. her to have an illicit lover so bad, but... <laughs> The exciting thing is that seven years later, in 1881, I lied to you, she is seen again. Oh, for fuck's sake, Hannah. She lied, just just like the real detectives. (laughs) So we've been investigating, I've been investigating a murder all this time. But it turns out it's no murder because she's not dead. That's a complete defence to murder (laughs) if if the person alleged to have been killed... Is still alive. It's a, it's a, it's, a, it's better than an alibi. <laughs> you did used to be a barrister. I did. Yeah. yeah, I did, I did. yeah. This is free legal advice you're getting here. It shows. It really shows. <laughs> Amazing. Let me set the scene. It's a cold, dark night. William Roberts, the owner of a local cider mill, is walking home after a boozy dinner, when he senses someone following him. Oh. It's Sazadaza. It's bloody. It's Sarah Duckett. It's, it's her. I feel like connected to her to call her Sazadaza. Yeah. However, there is something strange about Sarah Duckett this evening. Right. What is it? She hasn't got two boxes with her. <laughs> <laughs> strange. What do you think? I don't know. Is she? Seven, she I, she's been dead for seven years. Feels like the origin of that little. Story. Yeah, Possibly. or maybe maybe she's got like very sharp teeth now, and <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna try and pretend she was a vampire. <laughs> Has she been living in the woods on her own for these few years? Is she now tousled and and you know grimy? Oh from... wow, yeah, I like yeah. that. She's yeah. feral. She's gone feral. feral, gone feral. She's gone like, like a survivalist. 
okay, she's gone Ooh. like full bedroom. Or is she, is it more shocking, is she just full of opinions? <laughs> <laughs> and she's not afraid to speak them. <laughs> well, like a very so. modern woman. Nothing scarier than a modern woman. <laughs> well, let me tell you, she starts following him, but he doesn't hear any footsteps. He can only hear the rustling of her dress. Then as she gets closer, he's anybody realized... else turned on? Yeah. <laughs> <sighs> he is drunk, bear in mind, for his long dinner, so yeah. he might be... Did, did he know her previously? He did know her. He knew, oh, he knew okay. who she was. Did he... What was the expression? Did he hold a candle for her back in the day? Ah. Oh, we should bring that expression back. Should we? <laughs> oh, <what's laughs> I have no... What's the etymology? Why does that exist? Why are you holding a candle? It feels very Catholic. Is it? Yeah. It feels there's, there's terribly diff- Catholic. There's different ways you can go with that concept of a candle. <laughs> but I, don't, I, don't, I don't know. Very true. I was just trying to bring up a Victorian flavour to the I don't, No, yeah. I like that. No, I like thank that. you. Yeah. Um, so, okay, so he might have held a candle to her, for well, her. For her, not to her. <laughs> that's that's, 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 that's awesome, awesome, isn't it? Yeah, that's <laughs> not ideal. <laughs> No, but did he have did he have a relationship with her anywhere? Or was he just a, somebody who would recognise her? Yeah, he was just, just somebody local. from the town. Oh, yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. Right. But then he realises that he can see straight through her. Oh, what is happening uh, now? How much cider yeah. <laughs> has this man had? Guys, it's a ghost. <laughs> I'm sensing people don't believe me. <laughs> That's gonna. Well. You've brought me here on false pretenses. You said <laughs> this was a crime podcast when things are analysed rationally and with evidence. It's a but crime. But now this is a the ghost story. This yeah. is spooky. This it's is paranormal. A, a crime against logic. <laughs> well, I mean, but this, no, this is why we need a barrister on the show because, like, this is the question I'm going to ask you first. As a criminal barrister... Yes. Do you believe in ghosts? <laughs> I don't. I don't really believe in ghosts, but every now and then somebody tells you a story that makes you know your your, your spine tingle, and you go, "Oh, I, I, there's no explanation for that." I'm not sure being a criminal barrister really helps <laughs> with, with that opinion one way or the other. So, so you've never seen a ghost? I haven't ever seen a ghost. Taylor, no. I'm very. I don't actually believe in ghosts, and I'm very cynical. But I had a really crazy experience once. I feel like I've shared it on the podcast. But it was just, it was one of those things that I can't explain. I woke up to the sound of my bedroom door opening, and I could vaguely see it. But then when I stood up to check out, you know, did the wind blow it open? There was this little handbag that my daughter liked to play with, propping the door open, which made no sense because it had clearly opened. I had seen it open. But I was like, you're just tired. Go and check. Has somebody in the house? This is really creepy. So I walked out. This is a flat in London. An old flat. Oh, it freaks me out because <laughs> I'm so cynical and I can't explain it. I walked out in the hallway, uh, checked our front door. It was secure. It was locked. When I turned back around where I had just walked down the hallway, there was a box of Lego stacked up on its side right in the middle of the hallway where I had just walked. You, you just have a child, don't yeah. you? Yeah. I, just, <laughs> I thought my child was messing with me. I was like, God, she's a pain. And I went and she was sound asleep. So unless she did all that, stacked it, and then ran and pretended to be asleep, oh, that's probably what happened. <laughs> we solved it! Okay. Hey. Or it's, a, it's the opposite of a poltergeist, because poltergeists normally move things around and push things over, push them off shelves. This is a poltergeist that tidies things up. And makes it in. It's a helpful poltergeist. A helpful poltergeist. A, a geisterpolt. <laughs> <laughs> Here's the thing. So what happens next? Wait, does Katie believe in ghosts? Oh, don't worry. Move us along. Okay. (laughs) Katie's got some fucked up opinions about ghosts. I think it's triggering to her, actually. (laughs) She thinks the ghosts are taking over the country. We should build a wall. (laughs) So Sarah, according to William, removes the cotton bonnet from her head, holds it out to him. Mm -hmm. Then as quickly as she appears, she disappears, passing straight through a hedge towards a disused mine shaft that had been filled in seven years ago. Ooh. Is she in a prom dress? (laughs) (laughs) So here starts the case of the ghost of Copper Hole. Well, Copper Hole. That's what it's it's called. Okay, Copper Hole. I'm I'm going nowhere with that. No, Uh, I won't tell you what I was Googling in order to um, find this. Well, this this fits with my theory, my earlier announced theory that she'd been murdered and chopped up 
She might have been buried in Copper Hole. Yes. But she has now come out of Copper Hole to tell the world, or tell Robert, did you say his name? William. William. Very close. William Roberts. (laughs) William Roberts. Yeah, very nice. William Roberts. To tell William Roberts that dig here and you will find my remains. Yes. Well, this is exactly what William thought. And he went to the town and he told everyone what he'd seen. And he said, I've just seen Sarah. I think that seven years ago she was murdered. I think she was put down the copper hole. So basically other people in the town started sharing their stories of where they had seen Sarah Duckett. They, other people had seen this ghost. Right. Did she like Lego? <laughs> well, what, where do you think um, the locals had seen had seen this ghost? Ooh. People had said they'd. It was only when a man had claimed to have seen it that then everyone went, went "Oh go. my god!" But until then, wait, were all the other witnesses women, and he was the first man? Do you know what? There was one elderly man, but that doesn't count. <laughs> <laughs> elderly men don't count. Okay. <laughs> I get, I get what you're saying. But like, yeah. elderly for like 18 things, so he was like 40 or yeah, something. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so where else do you think Sarah popped up? Allegedly, we'll I, Was she hanging around the, the dressmaker's shop? Okay. The pub, Trying to, the, pub, the, pub, the, pub. the tavern or whatever yes. it would be. Mm. Uh, the church, maybe the churchyard. Nice. Yes. Mm. Nice. What else do you get in Shropshire in those days? <laughs> Were there shops and things? A village there Green. A Village Green? Yeah. Oh, so I'm looking for a house around there. It sounds rather lovely. Okay. <laughs> No, I, no, I'm not looking for a town. Lovey's just invented this town. <laughs> yeah. I should move that. that. Sounds yeah. great. Sounds oh, great. Lovely part of the world. Lovely. <laughs> Green, verdant. Yeah. I wonder if she's haunting whoever killed her. Ooh. So I don't know who that was. I'm just picturing Katie just blew this case wide open. <laughs> well, apparently some, a local woman said Sarah's ghost appeared through her parlour window. So she's a bit of a perv. Oh, that's Sarah. invasive, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. This is what ghosts do, isn't it? An old man said that he was walking home when she appeared and blocked his route, causing him to faint. So, I mean, I don't know. I don't know who to believe here, but William's story was the one that really sort of caught the imagination. Because he was a man. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, possibly. Um, so he was convinced, like you said, exactly what you said, is that he was convinced Sarah was murdered on her way from the train station seven years ago. Body was buried in Copper Hole. So what did the town decide to do about it. I hope they dig up the copper hole. Oh. Is that what you're saying? Or hall? Hole. Hole, yeah, good. Oh. I'm glad I didn't make that up myself. Uh, yeah, I'm hoping they dig it up and look for remains, look for yeah, some Yeah, they're going to dig up the mine shaft. Yeah, dig up the mine shaft. Well, they do that, but they, they feel like they, they can't do it for free. They need funding for it. So oh. what do they do to try and get the money? Uh, oh, crowdfund? They, yeah, they put on a show. They put... <laughs> They do a podcast to make money. <laughs> I love that. We interrupt this dig for Squarespace. Uh, I, I think they do a bake sale. Oh, did they go to the local squire and say, can you provide the money? And he said, no, I'm not going to pay money to dig up Copper Hole. Leave it undug. Oh, oh and maybe yeah, oh, throwing suspect. suspicion on him. Suspect. Yeah. Yes. Interesting. Oh, shit. Uh, so all the way to the top. Uh, if a squire is at the top. <laughs> Is a squire at the top? Well, it's the top of this story, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. I feel you're about to say, no, that did not happen, and you'll give us some other facts. That we have to know how they raised the money to dig the... Well, just, I mean, hey, just a guess. Stripping. Uh, stripping, nice. Do you I know mean, what? mines. What they did, is it... You're filthy. Drunk women solving If you thought the only way to get a more defined jawline with natural-looking results was through surgery, think again. Juvederm Volux XC is a non-surgical injectable gel filler that improves moderate to severe loss of jawline definition and can help you achieve natural-looking results with little downtime. Even better, this improved definition lasts up to one year with optimal treatment. No maintenance required. Improve jawline definition for a smooth, sculpted look with Juvederm Volux XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, 
we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. What is interesting is that it's, you know, true crime and this obsession with kind of the morbid has yeah. been around since the 1800s uh-huh. because it got in the newspapers. Like it went all around the country, basically, that this guy had seen this ghost and that this town wanted to dig up this mine. So basically, um, William sets up a stall at the front of the mine and charges people. Oh. To come and watch them dig. Chessington World of Adventures. Wow. <laughs> also, he um, sets up a bar so you can have a pint oh whilst you're watching. Wow. Um, and, and, yeah, and people flocked, and he would tell them his story like a showman. So, really, he did put on a show. Okay. And he said, This is what happened. And so, basically, a few days later, people started to lose patience because they weren't finding... You know, they Is it p- taking too long to get down this fucking mine shaft? <laughs> yeah, well, they get to the bottom and there's nothing there. Oh, oh no. I know. I mean, yeah. disappointing. <laughs> we wanted some body parts. Really did. But then some new evidence came to light. What evidence was that? What happened next? Did they find some of her clothing or something down the mine shaft? Okay, clothing down the mine shaft. Oh, I just... I hope there's bones... Okay. <laughs> I want some bones. But that doesn't sound that. If you say that she's not there, we can't now say there are bones because she is there. But okay, somewhere yeah. else, somebody, not in the Somebody else's mind. bones. Some, no, somewhere else. Yeah. So it's a new piece of evidence. So mm-hmm. it's, it's not to do with. A, a letter arrives from someone. I mean, yes, Barrister, yes. Oh. Wow. Oh. How did you know that? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> I'm just desperately thinking things. What could, <laughs> what could have happened? Oh, God. Yeah. Were you a squire in another life? <laughs> um, so a letter, but who from? From her. Well. Oh. No. no. <laughs> from somebody said, I done her. I done her in. Well, yeah. It, it, yeah. they signed it one who knows. Oh. Um, mm. So it was anonymously dropped off at one of the shops that you were... Uh, <laughs> we're talking about. And the person said they knew the real location of Sarah Duckett. Okay. It said, you will fail to find the body of Sarah Duckett in Copper Hole. Look in the cellar of the toll bar. Examine the part nearest the road in the left-hand corner. Oh, my gosh. Now, this is very familiar. Things like the Ripper and the Yorkshire Ripper and all these, these people give, claiming to know what's going on, claiming to have done it. These unreliable, these, these letters, especially yes. arriving at this time when there's added interest. So yeah. take this with a pinch of salt. Yeah, yes. it feels like they're not going to find anything there. They're going to yeah. dig up a bar for no reason. Yeah, it's, I can't, yeah, I can't work out if it's going to be a wild goose chase or if this is just... Why would, if somebody's the one who knows, why are they coming forward now? Like, number one, seven years later. Number two, after everyone's already dug up a mine shaft. They could have saved them some time. <laughs> like, yes. But that's just it. It's, there's interest about it, so I can get a bit of attention by penning the so, letter. But the, so then, wild goose chase then. Yeah. yeah. So who do you think could have sent it? Well, it could be just... Well, not the, bar, the barman's enemy. Sorry, I talked over you. Female one, please. <laughs> The barman's enemy. Yeah, because his bar's about to get trashed if they're going to dig up the bar. Oh, a rival bar. I yeah. like that. Why are why, I've never sounded so American. A bar. Yeah, the bar. <laughs> you guys are so obsessed with drinking that it's, it's the toll bar, which isn't a bar. <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. It's just where you pay to go along the road. So, yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, we better hear from the barrister again. Hi. <laughs> God, your hair, Clive. This, this, can, this could just be a prankster, or it could be the real murderer trying to suggest somewhere where you might dig where he or she could be. Nice. Oh, uh, well done, feminism. Could we could dig, kill yeah, two. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they could be, you know, sending you off to dig in another wrong place. So that's going to put you off yeah. keeping going until you find the right place. Yes. Ooh, oh, so right murderer, wrong yeah, place. Yeah, it could be. It's dangerous. I think that's a dangerous course for the real murderer to adopt because he's now provide or she is providing <laughs> evidence, you know, ink and letters and all sorts of things that might be uh, yes. it's pre, um, pre-fingerprints, so he hasn't got to worry about that. No, no, well, yeah, yeah very true, very true. Do you, th- do you think they find anything at this new spot? <gasps> I'm just mad that Tollborough wasn't a pub. I- yeah. Yeah. 
I'm sorry. It probably is nowadays. It's, it's yeah. the old murder toll bar. Yeah, yeah. BYOB. <laughs> so they don't find anything, guys. Um, okay. However, pretty soon, another letter gets sent. Oh, dear. Um, this time to a local newspaper, which is very Jack the Ripper. Mm. Um, so this time, it's from Sarah herself. <gasps> what? What do you think it says? I'm dead. <laughs> <laughs> I'm about to die. I hope, the, I hope the post office delivers this in time to, to somebody can intervene and doesn't take seven years to get to you. P.S. I can't afford a stamp. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, make no, it's, it's no. not that. <laughs> Taylor? What was the question? I'm sorry. Um, what do you think the letter says from, from well, from oh, yes. Sarah? Your answer was so good that I forgot what the question was. <laughs> sorry. From Sarah. It, I think somebody's still messing with them, so it just gives yet another location, and these poor people are going to go dig up another spot and find nothing. So Sarah says, I am buried in... <laughs> Yeah. Like it's from Sarah. Yeah. Okay, okay, it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. Didn't you read The Lovely Bones? Come on. <laughs> I reckon she names the killer, but, oh. but says like, but it was an accident. So even though it was old Tommy, what's his face? Go easy on him. He's in, like, let him off. Or something like that. Wow. It's a, <laughs> that's a brilliant Tommy Shropshire accent, though. That, that was, <laughs> we could always be there, couldn't we? <laughs> <laughs> Apparently, Sarah says she's alive and well and living with her husband in Worcestershire. Oh. Taylor, that's Worcester. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, what, how do Americans say Worcestershire sauce? Worcestershire? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just wanted to hear you say it. No, I grew up eating Worcestershire sauce, so I've always known how to say it. Thank you very much. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Before you two fall out over pronunciation, it, the, the, the significant thing is that's not very far away, is it? Shropshire to Worcestershire is, yeah. is just nearby. Well, I'm glad someone knows that. This is very checkable. And also, why is she only writing this? She doesn't care that everyone's thought she's dead for seven years. Didn't she give them a forwarding address? Well, she says in the letter, she said she had no knowledge that her ghost was wandering about. No. <laughs> I can only apologise. <laughs> <laughs> and she says she should have had she should have been consulted before liberties were taken with her spirit. <laughs> wow. But has she got a family? Are there, are there a mother, father, sisters, brothers? Yeah. Anything like that? Yeah, she does have a family. She has a family, but they haven't seen her for seven years either. Yeah. Oh wow. So oh, she, this is like if I were to disappear, <laughs> my family would only be in touch with Hannah. <laughs> <laughs> I get so it. I get she's it. She's estranged from her family. She has been gone for, for seven but years. But are you leading us on? Is this actually from Sarah? Or are you just messing with us again? I'll never trust again after this episode. <laughs> well, it says it's from Sarah. Mm -hmm. However, someone else from the community steps in to investigate. So I want to ask you, who was it? Who was the person at this stage that goes, right, I'm going to take this on and I'm going to investigate it? I'll give you a clue. It's got an ITV daytime drama vibe to it. It's a vicar. Okay, a vicar? Yeah. No? I mean, it was a, it was a vicar. It yeah. was a vicar. <laughs> we go. It was a sexy is, vicar. Is the vicar prepared to travel to Worcestershire? <laughs> um, actually, no, he doesn't. He, he does not travel. He was the Reverend Holland Sandford. Oh. Holland? Yes, odd name. We just don't do names as well as we used to. <laughs> That's an excellent name. Holland. Yeah. Holland yeah. Sanford. And he knew the Duckett family very well, so he knew Sarah, and he decided he was going to sort out this mystery once and for all. Hmm. Um, so he knew the letter couldn't have come from Sarah. How did he know that? Because he knew her handwriting. <gasps> because... He knew she couldn't write, or maybe... So, I don't know. Okay, okay. Yeah. I was going to say because he killed her. Because he <laughs> killed her. Nice. Because it was in Sanskrit. <laughs> Am I right? <laughs> well, actually, Clive is right. She was illiterate, so... Um... <laughs> I wasn't laughing at that. <laughs> and yet, the vicar knew that Sarah didn't know how to uh, read oh, and write, wow. yeah. so knew that this ridiculous letter about liberties being taken with her spirit was just... Uh -huh. yeah. Well, he saved himself a train journey to Worcestershire. Yeah. <laughs> Well, what, what he did do is went to talk to Sarah's family and said, like, what was the last thing you heard from Sarah or about Sarah? And the last thing they had heard was that she was in a workhouse in Worcestershire. So they'd heard that. Oh. They didn't know how true it was. So rather than actually going to Worcestershire... Being in a workhouse is very much like a marriage. 
<laughs> so the letter had some credibility. Oh, right, yeah. Very nice. Um, Thanks. <laughs> two people. So the Rev writes to them for more information. He writes to the workhouse, and within a couple of weeks, the workhouse do get back to him and say that, yes, Sarah was there. She had been there, at least. Since, oh. since she had disappeared? Since she had disappeared. Really? Oh. So she was there for two years. When, when she left the train station, she goes and, for some reason, goes to the, this workhouse. Um, and she's there for two reasons. I don't think anyone chose to go to a workhouse. Yeah, I mean, she ends up in this she workhouse. She ends up in the workhouse. And okay. it's legitimate. It is her. This is the first time we hear something solidly from her. She's there for two years, then something happens. What happens? Well... She's either died or gone to London or got <laughs> married. Okay. Th- those are three possibilities. The three options for women. Yeah. <laughs> which, which is the worst? <laughs> wow. So marriage or death, what do you guys think? She's realised the workhouse isn't all it's cracked up to be. Um, oh, I have a feeling she maybe just gets ill and, and dies. Okay. Then why wouldn't her family have been informed already? Well, they didn't have any. Con- they didn't have any contact with the workhouse at all. They They're just not a very close-knit family. They I'm can't get, write either, can they? Yeah. So I mean, I will tell you. Sadly, she dies. Mm. So she was never murdered. Uh-huh. So you know what? Um, the real crime was the fun we had along the way. <laughs> <laughs> so, so basically, she gets. Um, she was suffering from acute rheumatism. Oh. She makes a speedy recovery. As she's leaving the doctor, the ward that day, she collapses and she dies. Oh, oh. Or of, of weakness and starvation, or just uh, any <laughs> any particular reason? He's like, no, but it's just come on. A, when does she get cut up? Yeah. Says Clive. Yeah. <laughs> we want to know the end of the story. We haven't really explained why she just wandered off from the from the railway station because uh, if she wanted to go to the Worcestershire workhouse she should have stayed on the train or taken a return journey <laughs> or whatever but she's wandered off and now she's got to get from the woods to worcestershire which is i mean think of the distance that is you all know from your studies of of uh, british geography that's a long way isn't it? do you know what I'm not entirely sure how she ended up there. So basically, what do you think? Maybe the Worcestershire workhouse was a pub. (laughs) We're back to that. It was like Coyote Ugly. It was a big deal to get a job there. (laughs) So what do you think actually became of Sarah's body? So there was all of this. I mean, this 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 was absolutely huge, the talk of this ghost. Like I say, it was in all of the newspapers. Everyone thought it was this massive conspiracy. The vicar finally comes in, finds out she died of natural causes. Wait, wait, sorry. Who wrote the letters? Well, that's the question. Who did write the letters? Who do you think? Oh, do you actually know? No. Oh. no. <laughs> they're, they're pranksters. There's the, there's the, the as we've discussed, the, the Jack the Rippery and Yorkshire Rippery. There are always people coming in and pretending, throwing the authorities off the scent for fun. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I think it was no more than that. And I don't even, I mean, this is just me, like, saying, but I feel like the person who wrote the letter as Sarah isn't even the same person that wrote the letter saying... No, different the one tone. Oh, different tone. So yeah. was she buried in a pauper's grave at the back of the workhouse? It's very much Alien 1 versus Aliens, isn't it? It's just, you can tell it's just a little bit different. Sorry. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that you were talking about a pauper's grave. And you were like, no, I no. like Alien. No. <laughs> I warned you. You're like, do you actually get drunk for this? I'm like, no. Well, towards the end. Yeah. <laughs> also, I just realized that you're wearing Doc Martens. That's fucking awesome. Is that, is that, is that all right? So, but you're so wearing cool. plimsolls. Yeah. <laughs> As in the modern way. Which is not cool. <laughs> no one has ever been like, plimsolls. That's awesome. <laughs> well, they, yeah. Right, we've lost Taylor. It's fine, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Uh, did she get a proper burial? Was this the question? She got a proper burial at <laughs> yeah. the local church. The vicar arranged it so that they could finally acknowledge what had actually happened and put this ghost nonsense to bed. Okay. Um, that wasn't exactly the question, but... <laughs> <laughs> What do, you, what do you think? Because the vicar was like, well, what's happened to her body? Because he did want to get it back for the, uh, for the family. Uh, well, yeah, yeah, I think the pauper's grave sounds like the... Yeah, I mean, it's, it's slightly more bleak than that. Um, the pauper's apparently... grave is also a pub. <laughs> <laughs> so where there's so spoons. many pubs. Yeah. Um, Come here and get slaughtered. 
<laughs> Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently, she was uh, donated to a local anatomical school, which happened to a lot of people in the workhouse. Wow. wow. Yeah, isn't that bleak? So she was bleak. cut up. Yes! Hey. 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 We said that originally. Hey. <laughs> it's just done by medical students. <laughs> yeah, which is, right, well, I mean, that is really where our story ends oh with goodness. Sarah Duckett. So, ladies and gentlemen, let's hear it for Sarah Duckett. Sarah Duckett. Sarah Duckett. Oh. Also, uh, give me a cheer if you believe in ghosts. Oh. Okay, give me Ooh. a cheer if you don't. <laughs> give us a cheer if you are a ghost. Yes. Yeah, but that, but that first, uh-huh. che- but that first Woo. cheer might have been ghosts. <laughs> 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 Now, ladies and gentlemen, we come to the final part of the podcast, which is where we ask if any of you guys have been the victim of a crime. Oh, wow. Oh, a nice straight hand at the back. That's Give them a round of applause. Enthusiastic hand. Keep <laughs> <laughs> going. Yeah. Woo! Don't stop now. It's horrible when the applause stops. <laughs> Hello. Hello. How are you? Yeah, all right. Do you believe in ghosts? No. <laughs> What's your name? Jude. Jude, tell us. Hey, Jude. <laughs> Help. Sorry. I'm so it's sorry. Like she's never, she's never heard the name. that before. It's never. It was, it's how I got it. It's, what it's a legit. fucking hack. I hate myself right now, if it's that fine. helps. It was on the radio as I came out of the hospital. It's how I got the name. Oh, really? Because oh, wow. I, I was meant to be Michael. And... Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they weren't there then. Yeah. <laughs> I'm known as Norwegian Wood, but that's, that's, a, that's for completely different reasons. <laughs> Jude. Hi, Jude. Hi. Um, Welcome to the stage. Tell us, when were you the victim of a crime? So this was mm, over a decade ago uh, when I was still a student in the grand, terrible city of Derby. Don't bother. Um, (laughs) So we were on a night out for my friend Kat's birthday and I was the victim of a quite impressive mugging that then I received little to no help. Um, No, it's fine, because it was really funny and I'm here now, so that's all. It all worked out in the end. We'd been on a night out and... I walked along the road, and it was, I describe it as, and in my police record somewhere, it is described as a jousting, because <laughs> my... Wait, how old are you? Like... <laughs> um, my, my mugger came down Sadlergate, which is kind of an old bumpy street, on his bicycle. Oh. And I had my handbag over my arm, and he just scooped oh, it off my hand. Wow. And I went... That man's got my bag, but I said it in such a high pitch. Oh, that's got my bag. But five minutes previously, I'd been weeping, kind of hysterically, about a squirrel because I am <laughs> a bit mad. I was dead. <laughs> it was it was a dead squirrel, and I'm a bit mad, and my friends are a bit over that shit. So um, they just thought, oh, fucking a squirrel, um, oh, wow. and left me to. How, so then, like, was it just, like it had been hit by a car or yeah, something? Yeah, sad okay. squish. <laughs> so we then rang the police, who were also unhelpful. About the squirrel or about the mugging? <laughs> Neither. Didn't okay. remember. So they sent a 16-seat van to me on the end of the road, and I had four friends. And, I said, and they said, come and make a statement. I said, can I come tomorrow? We're on a night out. And they, they said, no, now. And I said, OK, come on, gang, let's get in there. And they went, no, one friend. Oh. And I said, OK, Gail. Gail was our oldest friend, therefore, mum of the night. So me and Gail got in the van with all our other four, 12 empty seats and the two, two policemen went to the police station. I made my statement. And then all my friends walked there and then they all walked back as I left in the van to go back to town. Oh. They'd all just got to the police station. Sad. <laughs> did the police drop you back to your night out? Yeah. Oh, no. But then they weren't there because they'd gone to the police station. Why? Oh. Why would they only allow one friend? I don't understand the logic of that. Weren't they all witnesses? 
Yeah. I mean, it's a good job we've got a barrister here. Well, I, I suspect it's just one of those rules that people have or make up. It's to do with insurance. And they say, we've got to take you in the van. Oh. Uh, you may need to be accompanied by somebody else. Oh, the insurance wouldn't cover all people out on a huge night in the back of the van. <laughs> oh, but wow. but a lot, it would be much more convenient all round if they had all been able to get in there. Yeah. Um, it was also but, a really mad statement as well, because they said, what was in your bag? Yes. And, and you I, said, a squirrel. No. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm a classy girl, so um, I'd had previous nights out with this bag, and I said, well, there's some loose cheese from Chips and Cheese, and I just <laughs> ran, rammed in there. And, um, but they it, wanted to know things like keys and phones. There was they, more cheese not, than keys. Not the things so. at the bottom. <laughs> <laughs> more cheese than keys. Classic girl. Cheese and, in my um, bag. Sc- Scream pubs at the time had little monkeys on their menu, and I used to peel all the monkeys off and put them in my bag. So it's like <laughs> also about 16 pictures of monkey faces. Um, it's the thief I feel sorry for. He's taken this bag, and all he's got is a bag load of litter. Pretty <laughs> <laughs> much. It's fine. Jude, I absolutely love you. I'm just going to say that now. <laughs> so what was, what was the upshot of, of this? Did, did, did You never got the bag back? They never found the perp? No. Wow. That's okay. <laughs> it's fine. A jousting. It's a jousting. A jousting. Oh. It's great. It's really like impressive. That really diminishes the art of jousting, in my opinion. <laughs> but cool. I don't just, know anything else about jousting. Just saying. Wow. Well, I mean, does anybody have any... Th- I mean, it's like difficult. Who it? did it? We can't solve it, I don't I think. I think it was but a stranger. Yeah. <laughs> You, you lost your bag, but you've won some Prosecco. Yay! Oh, fantastic. Thank you very much. Thank you. For the lawyers, it's actually Kava. Yeah. <laughs> it's a Kava. Sounds as more valuable than the bag from the <laughs> bits of old cheese and stuff. <laughs> I will never forget that classic woman, bag full of cheese. <laughs> 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 Ladies and gentlemen, we have just enough time to ask Norwegian word. What? <laughs> <laughs> Let's make it stick. What are you up to? Where can they find you? <laughs> well, I, you can find me. I, I, I do as many things as possible at the moment. But here in Edinburgh, I do. Uh, I have a podcast, which yes. I do in front of an audience. It's called My Seven Wonders. So a different guest comes on every night and they describe their, the seven wonders of their world. They can be small things or grand things like, uh, like the ancient wonders of the world. And it provides an hour-long conversation. I do a program on Radio 4 called Loose Ends. We make that, uh, some episodes of that here as well. But what's your address? (laughs) (laughs) We won't put it out. No. (laughs) Well, I think it's almost time to stop frightening clients. The whole whole thing's been terrifying. (laughs) I don't know whether to keep quiet and, you know, not conform to male stereotypes or keep talking and uh, join in. But... uh, uh, which way round to go? I don't I know. I actually think you nailed it. <laughs> to be honest. Yeah, let's oh, go. Oh, I'm so Fantastic. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for coming. There's 250 episodes of this podcast if you want to listen to more of it. Once again, thank you to Clive Anderson. Drunk Women Solving Crime is produced by Amanda Redman with music by The Lion and the Wolf. You can follow us on Twitter at Drunk Women Pod and Facebook and Instagram at Drunk Women Solving Crime. And please review us on Apple Podcasts. And if you've got a petty crime you want us to solve, then write it in a review and we'll solve it. Thank you to Acast and thank you for listening. Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie, Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale, starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu.